You're listening to Serious Business with Andy Audate. Serious talk on business, marketing, and finance to win in this new economy. In this podcast, every single day, Andy Audate reveals cutting-edge strategies, technologies, techniques, and solutions to exponentially grow your business in the new economy. All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Authors Unite show. Um, Today, I got Andy Audate with us. So welcome to the show, man. Hey, Tyler. Thank you so much for having me on your episode, on your podcast, man. Man, I know you and I have been trying to get this out and about to your people, man. I'm so excited to be on your show, my dog. I know, man. It's been a long time coming, so I'm ready to bring it. Um, so, dude, start us off. Tell us a little bit more about you and what you do. Well, 25-year-old entrepreneur, still entrepreneur, been an entrepreneur since, since I was 19. And what I do is I teach people how to brand themselves, market themselves, market their businesses, so that way they can spread their message to a lot more people than one-on-one versus one-on-many. Got it. Okay. So more branding. So let me ask you, let's start with this. How did you get into this? Like what, what happened before and what were you doing before you were doing this that then made you realize or think to start something like this? Well, what was I doing before at 19? Someone who believed in me suggested that I open up a small business. So I opened up a cell phone store and I did very well on my cell phone store. But the reason why I even opened up the cell phone store was because I had a thought process that that people in my I come from an impoverished area where there's drugs, gang violence, and and blood stains that stain the floor. And my thought process was that people who were gonna work in the cell phone store would come through. My cell phone store would be like a filtration system where people would come in, work for me, learn about progression, learn about this mindset of positivity, listen to uh, motivational and personal development, and people will leave after a certain period of time working for me, that they would then literally change, I would literally be changing the environment that I grew up in. And I, within 18 months, it was very successful. I made my first million dollars in that cell phone store. And because I had this, this amount of money, I learned about branding my business, my, my actual business. And as an entrepreneur, you got to see the trend as to how businesses are expanding nowadays. So when I saw this, the trend of my, my cell phone store, I saw what worked, what specifically worked. Then now going to the new era of business and in, in, in my transition, especially going to the West Coast, I remember saying to myself, Andy, if you ever get a chance, this was really young. I'm talking about this was 18. I said, Andy, if you ever get a chance to go to the West Coast, you got to recognize that the, the West Coast is where the trends start majority of the time for, for entrepreneurship, for business. The trends start. So I remember in 2014, there was this little, uh, what is it, like a two-pedal two scooter. Or it's like a Segway that was really trending. I mean, it was the hottest thing back in 2014. And you would step on it, and you can move forward, you can move backwards. And I remember seeing the story of it, and it was essentially it was these two dudes who went to China, who went to China, saw it in, in a market, brought it to the United States, marketed the product, and then distributed throughout the rest of the country. But it started in California, so they got it from China, flew back to LA, then it then distributed throughout the rest of the, America. I said to myself, man, what would have happened if I was part of that group? If I was the one that that traveled to China and saw that. 
or even better, if, if I was in California, sorry when it came to the United States and said, hey, I'm hopping on this project that's gonna take this and make it go viral. So I recognize that being on the West Coast, that's being on the West Coast, you get to have a different opportunity before the East Coast does. Now, remind you, I was all the way on the left side. I was all the way on the East Coast. Like the, I was in Rhode Island. I was touching the water. And when I moved to California, I saw the personal branding trend uh, start, recognizing that people want to do business with people, no longer want to do business with companies. They want to do business with people. Yeah, you know what, man? It's so interesting. Our, uh, our backgrounds are similar in the California respect. Um, I, I remember literally having the same exact thought when I, I live in Miami, as you know, currently, but uh, when I first started out in entrepreneurship, I lived in um, San Diego for three years. It was about an hour, hour and a half south of LA. And um, I just, I realized that's, that's the way it works. It's like things, experimental kind of things seem to more happen, at least in the entrepreneurship world, over on the West Coast first. And then if they work, and they start to trend, then they start to branch out into the other parts of the U.S. Um, so I, I just, in general, you know, there's there's some things with California living there, it's taxes, and, but either way, you, you are ahead of the curve typically with noticing things. So there's there's a that's a pretty big benefit um, of living there. Yeah, if, uh, I, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna talk to anybody from my bubble like like that, that's that that's that is mentally in the same bubble that I was a couple of years ago. Uh, yeah. I was living on the East Coast, I would tell them, I would say, get out of your comfort zone and not necessarily make California your home. You don't have to make California your home, but definitely start putting yourself in situations where you, you frequent different coasts. You know, so when, when, like I was sharing with you, Tyler, when I started, when I, when you started the show and you told me that you was in Miami, I said, man, I, I would, I would be in, there's a website. I'm going to give the website to your, your followers, uh, skipblack.com. I would travel from Miami to LA for 99 bucks. And here's an example. I was in, uh, I was in Hollywood, Hollywood beach. And the, I was three days, I was working in Miami and, and there was three days I, I was off and the, the hotel was about two forty nine a night. So I had to pay $750 for a hotel or should I just pay $99 fly to L, fly to LA, sleep in my bed for two nights and then fly back. Um, for not, another 99 bucks. So skipblack.com if you want to travel frequent. But, but get out of your comfort zone and travel the East Coast and West Coast frequently and start getting an understanding of both vibes. Yeah, man, 100%. I, I, I absolutely love this. So I, let's go back to the phone store because the, I feel like there's more detail there. So like how, what exactly was happening there? How did you, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you made your first million by 19 years old? No, I opened up the business at 19, and okay. uh, it was by 21. So it took me 18. It took me 18 months. Okay, which is still unbelievable. I mean, by 21. So what? What was like the main service that was making you this amount of money? And then what? what why did you end up? Um, I don't know. You sold the business, or, or what happened with the with that business in the end? So, <laughs> so here's here's what happened. I worked for Metro PCS. I was um. I was a sales manager for Metro PCS at, uh, what was it? At one of the stores. So at 18, 18, I get a job working for Metro PCS. I worked there for a year. And I, and I, was, I was fortunate to work right up with the top people at Metro PCS. I was fortunate to literally, like the people that I was working right next to was the CEO and uh, the COO 
the operating officer, um, at the home store, and then they would have all these other locations distributed throughout the rest of the state, uh, across like three or four states at the time. Now they're at like a hundred and something stores. And what happened was as I was managing one of the stores, I'm 18, I got employees that are 36, that are 40, that are 22, whatever. I started developing relationships with different vendors that were coming to Metro PCS. So Metro PCS and T-Mobile partnered up and then they brought in these different vendors that included financing vendors. And the, one of the financing vendors I built a strong relationship with because I was the, essentially the only one that cared to support this guy in hitting his quota to, to finance phones. Because the financing phones didn't matter for us at the, at the store because it was just another way to, to make money. So I was, I'm, I'm, I'm 18, supporting this guy and hitting his quota. Then a year later, at 19, I opened up my, my first cell phone store. And, and then with the financing vendor, and I opened up my store across the, the, the hall from that Metro Pieces I worked at. So that vendor is walking by and it's like, yo, Andy, what's up, man? You got your own deal now? And I said, man, I got my own spot now, man. I said, hey, man, what do you think about getting financing in my store? And he says, man, that's very rare. Um, that's very odd like, to do. Plus, you have to be open for 90 days um, at minimum, and you have to be doing a certain number of volume. Uh, you know, all these different hoo-ha that Metro PCS as a, as a large organization partnered up with T-Mobile had that, uh, uh, you know, 19-year-old black dude fucking with his, with his homeboy didn't have. But because I was pushing for him when I did do the deal at Metro, he ended up saying, uh, do like a bypass override, and he got me a, he got me a, a, a contract to do financing. And now this financing was very special. It was no credit financing. So you didn't need credit. So all of, our, all of these clients who were getting denied from T-Mobile or, or, or Sprint or having outrageous uh, first month payments, like for example, if you had bad credit, you go to Sprint to, 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 to finance a phone, say you want an iPhone, you would have to spend 400 bucks, 500 bucks, and you didn't have the money. Well, you, what happened is you would come across the street, come across the hall to me, and you would apply and they would say, okay, you don't have any credit, your down payment is $40. And people were, were like, yeah, $40, that's it? $40, and then what my company would do, the finance company would pay us within 72 hours the full amount. So if it was a $1,000 iPhone with the cases and accessories, the client paid $40, but the, 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 the finance company paid us $1,000 in full. And so we literally, what, what I said to my friends, I said, we're gonna finance the block. We will finance the block. So we ended up doing just that. We financed thousands of phones uh, this way, this specific way. Wow, dude, I love that. That's uh, that's incredible. So, okay, so I know I know how you started now. Now with um, with the branding, because I think this this always helps. Can you share? And, and if you can't share the name, sometimes you know there's NDAs and stuff like that. Um, can you share a story of somebody that you've helped with their business or their personal brand, whatever it might be, from the marketing standpoint? where they were and then after working with you, where they ended up at and where they're kind of going? Well, I have a group of clients who, are, who would have worked in the, the, the W2 sector. So they're working nine to five and then within 80 to 95 days, they've completely left that job, they've completely left that job and became a six-figure speaker. Wow, okay, speaker, this is huge. Because our audience is a lot of authors that want to be speakers. So let's, let's dive into that a little bit. 
How do you, how, well, first, what are the steps? How, how do they do that? Well, number one, you want to get your message right. What is your message? You know, my, my message is focused on one thing and one thing only, progression. That when I did a poll on Instagram and I said, I said, if you want to, if you, if you follow me, how many times have you heard me say the word progression? Over 100 or less than 100? Over 90-something percent said over 100 times I've heard you say the word progression. So you want to get your message right and what, what it means. So that way when people have an inkling to receive your type of content, they go to you versus your competitor or they, they, they search up other people on, on Google. So you want to get your message right. And number two, you want to have a certain look on social media um, because social media is the avenue now to really get that confirmation or the declination of where you're coming from, what's your message, what you're about. So what, one of the biggest challenges that I see, especially with brands, is that they put pictures of, like newer brands, that they put pictures of their cats, their dogs, their children, um, that has nothing to do in alignment with their business. Someone asked me recently, and they asked me, hey, I'm, going, I'm entering a new sector in the business, I'm creating a new business in a new industry, should I create a new page? I said, no, you want to create, you want to uh, change up your content that it's in alignment with your name. So you want to keep your name, keep, uh, keep your message clear, and, and be very uh, strategic with your content posting, your content schedule. Got it. Okay. Um, so now with, with the speaking, so what, once the brand is created, do you have any methods for like, how, how do you get the first couple speaking gigs? Cause I kind of think that's the hardest part. Like, are you reaching out to speaking bureaus, reaching out to the conference coordinators or how are you landing these like first few deals to then, you know, keep it going to get to the six figures? Great question. So there's five different currencies that you want to use. So people get confused that it takes money. Number one, money, money is an avenue. If you have money, money is an avenue to get you up on stage. You can pay to get on stage at almost, almost 95% of the time. You can pay to get on stage. That's called a speaker sponsor. Now, but there's five different currencies that people fail to realize. So currency number one is energy. Energy. Now, when I worked from Wendy's, they didn't pay me for my time, they paid me for my energy. So there's people that get up up, up on my stage that paid, that didn't pay in, in money, but they paid in energy. So if we're gonna backtrack a little bit, I want your, your audience to write this down. There's five currencies, there's five ways to get up on stage and you have to pay. You owe, in order for you to get on stage, you have to pay. You must pay. Mm. Number one is going to pay, you're going to pay with energy. So that's going to be like selling tickets. So when I worked for Les Brown, I didn't pay to pay cash. I paid with energy. So I paid for to, through selling tickets. So I put butts into the seats. Number two, you're going to pay in relationships. I had a speaker who reached out to me um, a couple months ago. The, now this dude's very popular, but back then he wasn't popular. And he reached out to me. He said, Andy, I want to get on your stage. You know, I have a successful business. I think I'm very successful. I can add a lot of value. I've done a lot of uh, uh, money in sales and I want to support your audience and I want to speak on the stage. I said, great. The investment to get on my stage is $10,000. Well, he said, okay, I, 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 didn't, I wasn't clear on the industry, so I don't, I'm, I'm not willing to pay and invest $10,000. I said, okay, I totally understand. But what he did was he introduced me to a lot of people um, that would take me years probably to make to, to, to make those relationships. I'm talking about with, with high-level multimillionaires 
um, with people who took companies to the billion dollar mark. He, he introduced me to the right people. So instead of him paying $10,000, I brought him up on my stage because he paid in relationships. So you got energy, you got relationships. So he had to pay in money, he paid in relationships. Then you have money, of course. You can pay, you can pay $10,000 to get up on someone's stage um, if, the, if the, deal's, the deal's right. Not $10,000 shouldn't just be the only determining factor. Uh, it should be, there should be a lot of other determining factors in order for you to get off on stage. So you got sure. energy, you have relationships, you have, you have money. Then you have barter. So many times on, on my deals, uh, it's not always about money. There'll be a, a barter that is, that is relevant towards what I want and towards what the other person wants. So for an author, what you can barter with is a list. That's an example. You might have a da database of clientele and you might say, hey, I have... Uh, I have 45,000 people who are, I have 45,000 authors, since that's your show. I have 45,000 authors who would like to turn into become speakers, Andy. Uh, I'm willing to give you this list for uh, stage time. I'd say, hell yeah, dude. That's, that's, that's a good deal. So you have barter. Then you have, okay, then you have, what you got? You have energy, you have money, you have relationships, you have barter. Man, I, why am I forgetting the other one? No, it's all good. Dude, honestly, so just as you're thinking about it, this is really enlightening because I think that a lot of people, they just go straight to the type of getting paid to speak, you know? So, um, you know what I mean? Like they're not happy unless they make a grand or, and, and you hear the stories of like the Gary V's getting paid 200 grand for a, um, for a keynote or people getting paid 10 grand, which can happen and it's very, very possible. Um, but at least when you're starting out and even when you're not like, I, I know because of supply and demand that, that, that's the only reason for, for that 10 grand, that 120 grand, that's because of some, the, but by the way, the last one is going to be knowledge that you have knowledge, specific knowledge that, you, that, that is beneficial to your audience, to that person's audience, that the event organizer truly desires you on the stage. So if you have specific knowledge, like Gary V does, or, uh, you have specific knowledge, that's what will get you on the stage. But to answer, to, to go back to what you said about Gary Vee and getting paid, that's not realistic, Tyler. That, that's not realistic for the average everyday person. Got it. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm a big – I think – I agree with you. Right? Like, if you build a brand like Gary Vee, then obviously it's, um, it's possible. But I, I do – I like the way that you broke it up because, honestly, people need to think about it differently because I actually know some people where – they so say if somebody was offered 10 grand to speak and they can't pitch anything on the stage rather or they get nothing or they pay and but then they can pitch their service or product on the stage i know a lot of people that would choose the choose the second option because they know that they will like what they offer to that specific audience in the room will convert higher than the 10 grand for an hour keynote you know what i mean so it's like you got to think about this in all different types of ways rather than just direct transactional. Like I'm coming to speak at your event. I'm worth five grand an hour to speak. You know, like think deeper. Think about these other uh, avenues. Well, there's, there's three popular types of speakers and I created a fourth one. So the, the, the number one is going to be the keynote speaker. The keynote speaker is a speaker that gets paid to speak. So that person is going on stage. They're getting a fee to speak. That means you're a slave to the event organizer. I, I, you're my bitch. Like, like let's, let's just keep it real. Um, is that cool if I keep it real, you show, Tyler? Dude, yo, hit me hard, man. Let's yeah, go. Because, 
Cause, cause that means that because it's easy for me now. If I pay you five thousand dollars for a keynote fee, or ten thousand, or even fifteen thousand, it's easy for me to say, "All right, now you come over here, take photos with this person, with with this group of people, because they paid, uh, you know, five hundred bucks, uh, five hundred bucks extra. So they're the ones who paid really paid your keynote fee. It wasn't because 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 I paid you to speak on stage, man. I sold I sold ten I sold I sold twenty VIP tickets, man, <laughs> to come take a photo with you, man. So. Yeah. So look, look I'll be straightforward with you, man. Tyler, I had a deal with uh, Grant Cardone. You brought you brought it up, Grant Cardone. The deal was for seventy five, was for forty five thousand, forty five thousand dollars to have him speak on my stage. And what I was gonna do is I was gonna go to fifteen dealer car dealerships and do this. Grant Cardone did his thing. He made his name uh, relevant here in in Southern California. So yeah. it's easy for me. I would go to fifteen car dealerships and I would pitch them. At five thousand a piece, fifteen. That's seventy-five thousand. At five thousand a piece, for them to come to 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 be a part of my event, for them to be part of my event with Grant Cardone as the headliner. So forty-five grand is my cost to Grant, but it brought me in an, an additional thirty thousand dollars. Got it. Yeah. So, but when like, I do that, when I do that, my I go to Grant. Like, like in the contract, for example, it said that Grant had to show up at the VIP dinner in the evening. Oh man, I had all these stipulations. I said Grant had to do this keynote, this duration of a keynote, and then uh, he had to show up to the VIP dinner in the evening, and then he had to uh, take photos with the VIP guests. You know, so so what ended up happening, man? What ended up happening was that the deal went sour because they recognized like what I was doing, man, and then they recognized what I was doing, and then it turned around to be like, all right, man, you know what? We want. Uh, it was like a hundred and sixty thousand dollars or something like that, and I was like, no, I can't do that. But seventy-five thousand, I'm willing to do. You got to understand that if you want to be, if you want to have control of your revenue, you should never have the mindset of going on stage trying to get a keynote fee. Your keynote fee is not realistic, on, number one. Number two, it's not dependable income. Because you're, you're, you're over here trying to find the gig. You're, you're like, oh my gosh, I need, I need somebody to pay me a gig. I need, I'm, I'm calling, if you're depending on this type of income, you're gonna be a slave to whoever your master is, which is your event organizer, because you're like, can you pay me a fee? I can't pay you $10,000 for a keynote. Okay, can you pay me $7,500? can not do that. Okay, $5,000, please. Okay, I can't do that. Okay, $1,000, give me something, man. Can you pay for my flight <laughs> to say I did it? Uh, you know? Yeah, that's what happens in the industry. So I teach people not to do that, but to be able to sell products and services on the stage as well as create a funnel using their speaking engagement to create a funnel to actually sell the high ticket program or services. And I can give you the game if you want. Yeah, dude, hit us with it because this is, uh, I'm telling you right now, these listeners, man, their, their brains are going off right now. This is good. So here's, here's what you do. You want to you want you want to get you want to get your cash flow. This is cash a little bit. Um, so all you can do, I'm sure there's a organizer that can do it for free. But once you get your cash flow, you're gonna pay to get up on stage. So I even, even I pay to get up on stage. But you you get your cash flow. You go you go up on stage. Say say you you sponsored the event and the spot the sponsorship is a thousand dollars. Let's just make it small. A thousand bucks. Once you get up on stage, you share value. You share your message, your why, your story, and your business. I'm giving your people game right now. MWSB. You share your message. My message is about progression. Why? The reason why I come from the impoverished area where people were not progressing, they were complacent. 
My story is this. I come from an impoverished area, 19 business owner, 21 million, took that money, moved to the West Coast. My business is this. I teach people how to brand personally. You say your message, you say your why, you share your story, you share your business. Then you share your offer at the end. Now your offer is, I'm gonna give you something for free. Now this is gonna be super valuable. It could be like, I'm gonna give you a three day uh, course that's gonna teach you X. Or I'm gonna give you a three day video training that's gonna do this for you. And you put up on the screen and you say, go to andyardate.com or, or Tyler Wagner or whatever your website is, .com forward slash offer or free, whatever the website is, okay? And as soon as they go there, it's very simple, it's very explicit what you want. You need their name, phone number, and email address. That's what you need. You need the name, phone number, and email address. Once you do that, now you built up a list. See, what people get caught up in is either trying to sell out the, sell out the event or trying to uh, get the ego out there. Like, oh, I'm going to stay, take a photo of me, take a picture. You know, I'm here to support you. This is talking about, I'm here to support you. I'm here to support you. But they ain't making no fucking money. So I say, I say put, put, put your thing on the board. On the, on the, on the, put your offer, your free offer on the screen and everybody goes there. You can either do the, the scan option or the website. So people go in and opt in. Now they got their free thing. On the next, on the next, what happens automatically on the back end is they do an email sequence. So on the back end, you do an email sequence that's going to say, hey, it was a pleasure connecting with you. Why don't we get on a call? I look forward to learning from you. So many people, what they'll do is they'll put the first, as soon as people opt in, it's schedule a call. Man, that's too intrusive. Yeah, nobody wants to schedule a call with you, but if they feel like they got an email from you, then it's like, hey, maybe he wants to talk to me. Well, it's automated, okay? It's automated. So you go on the back end, then you get an email sequence. Email sequence, uh, first day on the email sequence, it says, hey, Tyler, it was a pleasure connecting with you and seeing you. Why don't we get on a call really soon? I would really would like to learn about you, see what you're up to. Can you schedule a call? So people go and schedule a call. Maybe 50% of, of that group schedule a call. So here's the example, Tyler. You're in front of a group of 100 people. You send them to a web page. 50 out of the 100 actually go to the web page and put in the information and get your free thing. Out of the 50 that signed up, 25 of them actually uh, schedule a call with you. Now you got 25 new calls this week. You get on a call with each of them. It took either you or your sales team. Now on that call, it's a discovery call. You're learning about them. You're seeing what, which product best suits you. You gave them value, so much value up front, it's okay to ask them for five grand now. So one person out of the 25 gave you five grand. Tyler, usually if you're good, it's not one person. You yeah. might have six people give you five grand. Yeah, and so many people get caught up on, on that, on that, I need a thousand dollar fee, but I can't, you know, pitch or offer, you, you end up missing on the back end. So, so this is the thing. Let, let's, um, let's dial back to how do you actually become a good speaker because I think this is the thing you, you've taught us the model and I couldn't agree more man like it, it gets to a point where I think once you become really good on stage and you're good at closing on stage and delivering value sharing your message it literally like your business it, it kind of gets to a point where it's like how many stages can I get on you know what I mean like it's, the more the better so what are your techniques or what are your strategies for becoming a better public speaker like, like, like the actual presentation skills? Yeah, yeah. Well, and like, in all honesty, like the conversion skills, right? So like, how do you, so you, so let's just say, for instance, like me and you actually are, are very good uh, for like complimentary products. So if I were to like put on an event that helps people become successful authors, because that's what we do, you would be a perfect person to also have. So it's like, hey, look, 
you just became an author. We just launched your book, did really well, sold thousands of copies. Now you're a best-selling author. Now what's the next step? Well, one avenue is to become a public speaker. And then you would come in and speak. So, and say you paid me 10 grand for that. How to ensure that you get a few clients from that, from that talk? Like, how do you, what do you do on stage that gets people from the audience to move from their seat to purchase? Oh, gotcha. Well, here's what you need to do first, Tyler. Um, before you do that, you need to become a master at one-on-one. So, so one-on-many is when you're speaking and selling to a large group. Before you, before you become a master, I'll give you the, 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 the generic answer for people in any industry, is you got to become a master at one-on-one. So, and when you become a master at one-on-one and you're doing sales presentations, either on the phone or in person, you end up seeing what people's objections, the common objections are. So you, you, start, you start seeing what, what, what people's common objections are and, they're, and they're, hey, it's because of money, it's because of time, it's because of relevancy, it's because of your credibility. So you, so you got you to answer all those objections. So you start seeing a common denominator between everyone's objections. And for me, my objections could be, is typically my age. I'm 25 years old and the people who are, who are my clients are, are typically, I'm usually the youngest person in the room. I've, 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 my seminars might have a couple 18-year-olds to 24-year-olds, but and, and, and it's a handful. The rest of them are over the age of 25, upwards of 70 years old. So one of my objections has always been my age. So I have to answer that objection when I'm on stage. Number two is the money. Um, so I got to answer that objection, whether it's too much, and I got to show the comparison as to what they're getting. Um, so number three is going to be the time investment. So I got to show, hey, what's the actual time investment? Number four is going to be the, hey, can I actually, can I be the one that actually do that? Is it, is it something that, is it something that I can personally do? And so I answer all of this with what I've done, what I've done in the past with money, the, the investment towards what they're going to get in the back end and how confident I am with them getting that in the back end, the time, how small the time investment actually is. Um, uh, the, no, what was another one? What was another one? And, and can, they, can they actually do that? And I share with them that it's a system and the system is duplicatable. So you, you really got to master one-on-one. And the way to master one-on-one is to master your, your sales call and your, and your in-person presentation. Got it. I love that. So that, that's actually, I love that response. So first master one-on-one and then master on stage. Now, question for you here, because I, I think I read or I've heard this stat multiple times and I might not say it correctly, but I think like the fear of public speaking is like the biggest fear across humans, like even more fearful than like death. Yeah, it, it, it is. Like some people would rather jump off a cliff rather than public speak. So that's awesome. You got to take advantage of that. I did a post yesterday on Facebook, I mean on Instagram, and I said, I said fiat, F-I-A-F-I-A-D. Fiat is fear is a direction. So whenever you feel fearful, that's the direction that you need to go. So if you feel fearful in public speaking, that's awesome because the majority of other people feel the same fear, they're not going to take action. That means that you can win over them. Man, Tyler, I, I'm, I'm, my confidence is fucking high as hell, bro. You know, this is our first time connecting, but my confidence is high as hell. And I share that with you because there's so many other people who are 25, 35, 45 that have been fearful of public speaking. And I took my, my jump and I, and I leaped into it. I leaped into it hard that they're still thinking about it. Man, I got the one up on all those people, man. Yeah, no, dude, you're right. And I, I actually love that fiat because it's true. Now, it's, 
it can be hard. It's definitely, it's not the easiest thing. Right. But I mean, I guess it's just, it's like mind over matter. Like you just got to do it. Like so, some people will get like anxiety panic. Like it, it can, um, it can be troubling. Like, so what did you, I guess what I'm trying to do is go back to your first one. So did you, did you literally just jump in? You had the confidence or were, were your first couple ones, were you nervous? Like how did you, um, uh, transition into now being so confident on stage? Excellent, excellent speakers are the best salespeople. The best speakers are excellent salespeople. So all you're doing, look, speaker, first of all, Tyler, speakers don't make money speaking. People piss me yeah. off with that shit. Speakers don't make <laughs> money speaking. I, I, I gotta share with your people. Because especially yet yeah, your audience is authors, man. Speakers do not make money speaking, okay? Let me just put it out there again. I might make a t-shirt out of that. Speakers don't make money speakers. Uh, speakers don't make money from speaking. Speakers make money from sales, from re generating revenue. And the way you generate revenue is through sales. And so a speaker, a proficient speaker recognizes that, hey, I'm doing an hour presentation for this one person. I'm constantly doing an hour presentation for this one person. And, I, and in a week, I work 50 hours a week. It takes me an hour to uh, 30 minutes to drive there, 30 minutes to drive back. That's an hour in driving and plus an hour to actually work with a potential client. So that's two hours for one client. I work 50 hours a week. So that's 50 divided by two hours. That's essentially 25 uh, different presentations. To out of 25 presentations, I make X in, in income. Here's what I recognize. Out of... Out of 25 presentations, I make X. What if I did? I just did 25 presentations in one hour? So I, I put 25 people in front of me. Ooh. Yeah. What if I put 100 people in front of me? That's how you 4X your income. People get it twisted, man. They, they think, like in multi-level marketing companies or different companies or different organizations, they think that people became successful and then they became speakers. It's the other way around. People became speakers, and that's what made them successful. Yeah, dude, this is amazing. Honestly, um, this is going to be so huge for, for uh, our audience. Um, okay, so now let's talk about where you are now. Like, what are you currently doing? So how, how often are you speaking? How much of that, what percentage of that is due? And I know you're not, you know, you're paying to speak sometimes, so it's the back end that's actually making the money. But like how, how often in one year are you speaking and is that your main like revenue source currently? Remember, speakers don't make money speaking, man. Oh, so, I know. I mean from the back end. Like, I mean, is that where most of like your, your leads are coming is from the stages? Yeah, from, from, from the stages, you know, because you're speaking in front of and, and as well as online. The same thing that I'm doing on the same thing that I'm doing on stage, I'm doing online. So I'm still funneling people online. <laughs> Got it. So it's, it's, it's a platform. So a stage is, is one platform out of many. Look, the brands that I work with, I teach them about mass awareness marketing. And mass awareness marketing, the concept behind mass awareness marketing essentially is get on as many platforms as possible in the shortest period of time with the least effort. So now I'm on your platform. I'm on this, this platform. Right now, as we speak, Tyler, I'm on Instagram Live as we speak. I got a group of people that's looking at me on Instagram Live. I'm giving them content. I'm going to take this content. That's why I asked you to, to put video. So I'm going to take my video, and I'm going to put that on different streams. I'm going to put this on my podcast. It's going to be on your podcast. It's going to be on YouTube. So, so we're talking about mass 
awareness. So how many streams can people find me, Tyler? How many streams can people find Tyler Wagner, Tyler? How many streams can, can we get on that symbiotic, that the flows are, are high? What, what I'm gonna do after this, I'm gonna upload it online. Then I have a team who's gonna cut, cut it, dissect it. They're gonna turn it into one minute clips. This happens within a 24 hour time period. They're gonna turn it into a one minute clip. They're gonna turn it into a podcast. They're gonna turn it into a long form YouTube video. Um, they're gonna put it on Facebook. They're gonna put it on, what, what, else, what other platforms are we on? Are they gonna turn it, they're gonna send it to, uh, in an email sequence? I got a team for that. You wanna build mass awareness marketing, get on as many platforms as possible. So when I speak, speaking is just another platform. So to answer your question, on, the, on this year, I'll be on 60 stages, 60, 60 stages. So almost on average, on average, I'll be on one a little bit more than one a week. But in one week, I might be on four stages. Got it. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that makes sense. Um, and I like the way you're viewing it. You're viewing it as just another platform. Um, and, and, and really what you do is you're multiplying your audience because you're, and, and, and look at it this way. So when you do get on stage, if you have somebody that works with you in the audience or the events doing it, you know, you could give that person your phone, have them do an Instagram live, a Facebook live, um, also chop up the content and that goes to your, you know what I mean? So it's the stage is just one part and then it actually turns in to 10 different avenues of content. Yeah, you, you the, here's the biggest mistake that I find in new speakers, man. Their ego flares up, man. They, they're like, ooh, I'm on stage. Look, look I, I had this, uh, one, 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 uh, this one event that I saw a speaker that I just trained, and they get googly eyes. I love my, my, my people, my speakers that, that I work with, but some speakers get googly eyes. And I want to share with you, do not get googly eyes. Googly eyes is when you get off stage and you have this abundance of people who are coming to you and they're like, hey, I love your talk and this is the first time it happens to you. And you're like, oh my gosh, they want my signature. They want a photo with me. Let's take a photo. And oh, they, let's, let's, they want my signature. Oh, they want my Instagram. Oh, they want my number. And they, get, they forget why they're there. It's a business. You got to run it like a business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, dude. This is amazing. So look, let's, um, if there's anything else you want to share, please do. I, I feel right now what I want to ask you is like, I know a lot of my listeners are pumped up at this point. So where to people to find you, connect with you, but also what do you have to help um, the authors listening to this show get to the next level with speaking? Look, you, what, when you start speaking, here's what's going to happen. Here's what's going to happen. Your business will truly explode. Your business will truly, like your business will not, will not be the same. I promise you this. And then if you add this aspect where you hire virtual assistants, if you add that aspect where they're running your business in the background for you, oh my gosh, your business will not be the same. So here's some game, Tyler. What you, what you end up doing is you speak, right? You speak, yeah. you get up on stage, you share that website that I told you, right? You share the website, you got the, you got the opt-in on the funnel. On the back end, what happens is we have a system that allows it to go into right, that client's name to go right into your CRM. And right then and there, your, 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 team, your team, whether it be virtual or in-house, they get the response, the opt-in, and they call the person directly. They call the person directly. So within eight hours of that opt-in coming in, that person's getting a phone call. 
And with that yep. person getting a phone call, that person's being qualified saying, hey, I love seeing that person on stage. My gosh, this was amazing. This was awesome. I love seeing that person on stage. I want to work with that person. And, and then your team says, okay, great. Let's get you started. And just right there, you're making sales back to back. When you're getting paid that $5,000 keynote, you cannot do that. When you're getting paid that $10,000 keynote, you cannot do that. So you lose clients. Now, here's what happens on the, on the back end is as you build relationships with your clientele, they're going to upsell. So they're going to purchase hot on a higher level. So say you, you sell them a $1,000 product. Say out of the 25 people that sign up for, the, for, your, for your call, and, and out of the 25, half of them sign up, sign up for a $1,000 product. So you got 12 people who sign up for a $1,000 product. On the front end, by the way, on the front end of that, that, that funnel, after they opted in, you made $12,000 versus $10,000 keynote. So you made $12,000 on, on your back end, but on the front of your funnel. Does that make sense, Tyler, or yeah. did I go too fast? No, no, that, this makes sense. So you got 25 out of the 100 people, 25 people are actually on the call. Half of them, half of them actually signed up for your funnel, signed up for your product, paid you $1,000. Now, here's what happens. After the completion or the fulfillment of that product, then they upsell. Then they purchase something higher. So let's say half of that actually purchased a $5,000 product. So six times, six people, out of the 100 people that spoke, six people actually purchased a $5,000 product. So now that's $30,000. This is where speakers are getting it twisted, man. This is where speakers are getting it twisted. So I'm gonna run that, that math back for, 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 for not, just, not just for you, but for your people. You spoke, yeah. to 100, you spoke to 100 people in front of the audience. Woohoo, you're on stage. While you're on stage, you send them to a funnel, the opt-in funnel that I taught you. And I, and I teach people how to do this, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna give your people an opportunity to be able to learn how to. So you, go, you, you, you send them to the opt-in. The automatic, the automatic sequence on the back end takes place for them to get on their calendar. If they didn't get on their calendar, your team contact, contacts them within eight hours. No worries. Everybody's getting, getting on, a, on a potential call. Out of the half of the 100 actually opted in. So you got 50 new leads. Out of the 50 new leads, half of them actually scheduled a call with you. So you got 25 people. Out of the 25 conversations that you and your team has, half of them actually purchased. So that's 12 people at $1,000. So you made $12,000 in, in a couple of weeks from that one presentation. Out of that 12 people, half of them actually upsold to the next product. So out of the 12 people, six people purchased a $5,000 product from you. So six people times 5,000, that's 30,000, plus the $12,000, $12,000 that you made. In that one presentation, my friend, you just made $42,000. And it took you one hour to do that one single keynote presentation. Do not take a keynote fee, my friend. Do not take a keynote fee. <laughs> I love it, man. No, it, it, makes, it makes a lot of sense, dude. And I really think one of the biggest parts is in the beginning is just removing your ego because um, everybody's – they do. You're right. They got it twisted. The, um, ego, the, the biggest speakers that I know are there for a purpose. Like I have some big uh, celebrity speakers on my stage and you see them, they're, they're, they're determined. They give value, of course, that's the number one thing. That's the number one thing. You gotta give value to the whole entire audience. The yeah. whole entire audience. But at some point, there's a group of the audience that says, hey, I really need to continue to work with you more than just this 45 minutes that I see you on stage. It's truly a disservice, it's truly a disservice and selfish if you do not give people an opportunity to work with you. 
Yeah. Oh, dude, I love that, man, because I, I, I agree as well. Um, because it, it, I think that's too, it's a mindset thing. So it's like everybody views it as like a pitch. And in reality, it's like, no, like I just got up on this stage, delivered a lot of value. And for some of these people out there, they might just want my team to do it for them or, or whatever it might be. Or maybe they, they want to go deeper into the knot. Same thing with a book. Somebody reads a book, they get a ton of value. And then they're like, hey, I want to connect with the author of that book. I actually want that author uh, of that book to work with me one-on-one, you know, and, and that's just how it goes. So, you know, I just think deliver as much as you can on the upfront um, and then, you know, things kind of work out on the back end when you over deliver on the upfront. Right. Now here's a, here's another thing for your, your people, uh, Tyler, don't sell books. Okay. Hit me harder with it. I like it. Don't sell books, man. I had a, oh man, bro. I, the hardest time in my life was when I tried to sell books, man. I, I'm, t- I made so much money in, in the cell phone business. I come into this business. I think. People are telling me create a product. So my product that I created was books. I thought I had to sell books. And then I ended up realizing that's what ended up make, making me go broke for like a six month or five month time, time period. I quickly went back up afterwards, but man, I was starving, man. I was eating Oreos, brother, trying to sell books, man. <laughs> I was eating Oreos. So, so, but, but the great thing that I, I, I pride myself on is my, my, uh, my ability to, to have speed. I, I, I move fast. So once I figured out that something wasn't working, I quickly shifted and had to figure out the new game. So don't sell books. The energy that it takes to sell a $25 book, unless your book is $1,000, but if if your book is less than 1,000 bucks, less than 500 bucks, don't sell it. The energy that it takes to sell a $25 book, man, is the same energy that it takes to sell a $1,000 course. So you, 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 you still got to qualify. You still got to greet yourself. You still got to qualify them. You still got to present why your book is a great book or a solution for them. And you still got to close a deal. You still got to wait for them to pull out that credit card. You still got to type in the numbers on the credit card number. You still got to turn the card around for the CDD code. You still got to ask them for the zip code. You still got to overcome objections like, oh, you know what? Let me think about it. Buy your book. You know, let me think about it. Oh, man, I would love to support you. Can you send me an email? You still got to do the same energy. You gotta just give the book away, man. Because it's the same. If it's, if you recognize that it's the same energy to sell a thousand dollar product, might as well sell a thousand dollar product. So back in two thousand sixteen, something around around that time, I had, I did the math. I needed ten thousand dollars to make to make the money that I wanted to make uh, for my standard of living. I needed I needed just at least ten thousand to start off with, and I did the math. It was like four hundred books I needed to sell. Four hundred divided by four weeks in a month. All right, I need to sell a hundred books a week. So in my mind, being a new speaker, I said to myself, I need to work 40 hours to sell 100 books. If I just do that, I'll be fine. Then I started going out and selling books, man. I'm over here. I literally am like the dude that's hustling CDs in the hood uh, out of my trunk. I'm like, yo, I got a book for you, man. I got a book for you. Now people are getting like so, like it's too much for them with with just one book. And I'm trying to resell books that I already sold people. So like, hey, bro, I already got two books from you. I right, man, get a third one. Give me and get a third one. And it's, and it's like, no, it's, it's easier to sell 10 units of a $1,000 course than it is to sell 400 books. Yeah. So if, you need, if you need to make money, sell, product, sell high-ticket products, don't sell books. Give it away for free. Yeah, Tyler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with you. And I'll, I'll tell you from our, from our experience over here is that um, I definitely agree with you. I will say, though, with the books, and I, and I think it's um, the giveaway is actually very good. 
Um, but what we have found, at least from, from growing a brand, like we do very large launches where the books will sell, like they'll get in front of millions of people, sell 10,000 plus copies and hit major lists like Wall Street Journal, USA Today. So I will tell you from like a launch perspective, I do think it's a good thing to sell books and just have like a skyrocket of sales if you have the potential of hitting a bestseller list just from the brand of that. Um, but I do agree with you that the money, even when you do that, even when you sell the 10,000 copies of the book, the money still, more money is made on the back end. It is not directly from the royalties of the book. Well, uh, and, and, and I, would, I would definitely not negate that type of strategy. The, the person that I'm talking to is the nobody. The person that I'm talking to is the person that sat on the couch, wrote their book that doesn't have, like, that, that was in a similar predicament that I was in. I'm not talking yeah. about the person who has, who has a million, million uh, person database who's going to be a potential Wall Street Journal uh, author or who's going to be a New York Times bestselling author. I'm not talking about those people. Because even with those people, that, that, the finance that it takes to even do that type of deal, you end up not making a, a huge return on the deal anyway. Yep. Yeah, no, no, I completely agree. Definitely with what you're saying, I could not agree more with like, you definitely don't want to be on the street with like a bunch of books trying to sell. <laughs> like that's I'm not. Proud, a, I had that inkling right there where I said to myself, "I'm gonna go to strangers in the in the in the grocery store parking lot because I'm a natural born hustler." So when I see when I had the mindset to do that, I said, "Hey, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go to the grocery store and I'm gonna say, hey, I got books for you. I got books for sale.'" Got it. No, no, and I appreciate that perspective. So. So look, man, tell the audience where, where they can find with you and if they want to go further with you, what, what, how does that look? Where they go? As, as far as building your brand and using virtual assistants to scale your brand and scale your business, you want to go to brandmarketingsummit.net. Brandmarketingsummit.net. That's a two-day event where I share with you these specific strategies. And if not, when you opt in, you're going to get something for free that's going to be a little bit more in-depth about what I just shared with you. So go to brandmarketingsummit.net. Again, that's brandmarketingsummit.net. Even what I just did there, Tyler, man, that comes from experience. Like how I repeated the website like four or five yeah. times. You know that? Brandmarketingsummit.net. What happens is in the mindset and in the, in, the, in the mind, people don't even recognize what words it was. They just recognize the syllables. So, so in, in a couple of hours, they'll, they'll, they don't even know what I said. It's the syllables that they remember. And then they end up rem reminding themselves, oh, what syllables at this pitch was, and it all happens in the mind, what syllables at this pitch, okay, brand, marketingsummit.net. That's what it was. Got it. I love it, man. Thank you again for coming on the show. Hey, Tyler, man. Thank you so much for having me, brother.